All right. You guys ready? Get this show on the road. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So just give me a sec here and get my, my voice ready. All right, you guys. She's all. Yeah, here she's all. Okay. <laughs> She's all fa la 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 la. Yeah, we, we did this before. This was an opening before we said me, 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 me. We did that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's yeah, nothing yeah. that we can't use that. Oh, no, 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 no. Not original. <laughs> it's all. Oh, all right. We could do tuning in like with Kundalini. You know what I think? I think. Three deep breaths. I think you should introduce us this time, Sharon. Me. Yeah, why not? I'm gonna introduce. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, you get to do instead of it. It's you. You always introduce us. Well, maybe I'm, people okay. are bored of that. All right. It's consistent right. and oh, just God. freaking right. do it. You guys are so boring. Okay. Yeah. You said today you wanted to be more consistent. Look at you already. <laughs> I said, consistent in other parts of my life, not necessarily oh. here. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. In case you didn't, in case you're like wondering where you tuned in, it's transparencyandteaching.com and it's episode 20, 26. Yes. And here, here we are, your three lovely hosts, Anne, which is my lovely voice. Jen, Jen, Jen. there, I said it. (laughs) And, And Sharon, and in case you guys haven't like, like taken a moment, you really should do like, what is it called? the acrostic of our show transparency transparency and teaching stuff do you know just because just because if you haven't like made that connection yet you really should it's not an acrostic it's taking it's an acronym what's it called it's an acronym Acronym. yes acrostic yes she's trying to use big vocabulary sport yeah she's trying to use big vocabulary words i don't know so no, that's lacrosse. Yeah, that, that's, that's lacrosse. No, there is something called an acrostic. With a different kind of stick. An acrostic. It's, an, it's a poem. N- yes, right? where you put a word vertically and then using the first letter of yeah, each yeah, of the yeah. words you uh, create. See, See, we did. That's it. It's the same thing. If you wrote yeah, it. tits. <laughs> Transparency and teaching stuff. Thing. Tits. That's our acrostic. Right. That's right. That's for the, yeah. you know, those, that's supposed to be catchy. So that you'll want to tune in because it says a nasty, well, not nasty word, just sort of a provocative, nasty, it's provocative. Tits are awesome. It's a provocative word. <laughs> I, I, every time it comes up on my calendar and it just popped up on my calendar. Like, yeah, don't forget. Tits. And I'm like, Oh, look, there's tits. Oh, maybe, you know, maybe they don't recognize that they really should. Tits at four oh, quite a few. Okay. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, that's my bad. Phone. my bad that was That's as bad as my dog's barking but i can uh yeah if you have your phones turned on now is the time to silence them but i, I don't know if i can silence my computer yeah. anyways um oh That's okay right. so anyway where were we so welcome and and yes welcome and we have a special well hey i'm getting oh, yeah. there and carolyn i'm getting there yeah there you go. <laughs> she can't even wait she, she can't herself. even wait until we introduce her she's like jumping the gun obviously she's a novice she's at this podcasting thing uh, yeah. 
my second like one actually oh my god no she's not she's an expert she's been oh yes. so we're not you're not a podcast virgin we're not getting to nope. i know oh, man nope. we said tits and she starts that. throwing her name around god <laughs> <laughs> oh lord have mercy this is what happens i lose control of these two every single time anyway but it makes for great listening, so it's all good. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you appreciate us. <laughs> oh, that's good. Just pass the, you know, spread the word around. And anyway, <laughs> business is this. So one of this is episode 26. In case you didn't hear us the first time we tried to say it, um, because Jen and Sharon were being rude. I mean, saying words, um, <laughs> provocative words. Anyway, um, this we decided since one of our most popular episodes ever was, I don't know if this is sad or just good, was um, the first episode we did, which was why teachers quit. And it just gets a lot of traffic. And I think uh, it's time for why teachers quit 2.0, a reboot on that, especially considering- Part yeah, Yeah, part do. Especially, especially since the pandemic had an effect on quite a few- um, educators so we wanted to revisit yes, it every educator and we actually brought in uh and this is where carolyn you can say her name in just a minute but we actually dun, brought dun, in dun, dun. a person who actually on purpose left the classroom for various reasons which she's going to share with us and enlighten those of you who are maybe considering teaching you might really find our conversation today super interesting and those of you who have been teaching, I have a feeling you're going to be sitting there going, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of, you know, moments of agreement. So without further delay, our beautiful guest today is <laughs> Carolyn. Carolyn. Yes. Carolyn. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So, Carolyn, um, why don't you explain to our one person in our audience, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no negative talk okay three no the three the three people no negative self-talk oh my god it's, stop that it's not, okay whatever um explain to the, you explain to our listeners yes however many there may be um to the yes. millions, the millions, the millions the masses. When it, can you explain to them how you <laughs> how you even know us yeah. So way back in the day, my first two years of teaching was with all of y'all. And I remember sitting there, I remember meeting Sharon and like sitting in Sharon's classroom. It was like kitty corner to mine. And so my first two years teaching was at your school and it was the hardest group of seventh graders in 20 <laughs> years was my first year teaching. And there oh, was, girl, you weren't there two years ago. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, 20 years ago, like 14 years ago. So yeah. it's time for a new crop. It's all good <laughs> or not good. 14 but, years yeah. ago? God. Yeah. So 2007, 2008, because oh. I got married in between those two years. So yeah. 2007 was my first school year with you. And then I was there for 2008. And then I, we moved up um, away because my husband got his doctorate and got a job somewhere else. So we relocated. So yeah, so that's when I left, but I have been listening to you since day one, because I am Facebook followers of all of you. And, and I think as I saw it on your, it was all during COVID and I saw it on um, your Facebook page. I was like, what? 
they're doing a podcast so i'm one of your faithful listeners but see there and she is that's have- the only one no one's going to listen to this episode because the only <laughs> <laughs> And then Vicky, who was on your podcast before a few episodes ago, is actually one of my friends. And so I worked with Vicky in my third year teaching. And so she and I have been friends, for, you know, since then too. So small world, small community. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. I taught seventh grade math for two, three years. And then I, they're like, when I moved to the new school, I was like, I want to have babies and not have to work for a while. So like, be careful what you wish for. Cause then I got pregnant in like in December of that year and I had my babies and <laughs> I had twins. And so I did take a full year off and then back into that school again, five more years, went to another middle school and they wanted me to teach English and English and math and history and like offer the support fuck? that didn't exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a brand new baby, I had a third baby. And so like it was a brand new baby. And then I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this. It was like October and I wanted to quit that school right off the bat. Um, I loved the kids, but it wasn't, I didn't want to do three preps. I don't know how any elementary school teacher can do like how they prep for a whole day with the same kids and teach everything. Cause no way, like I couldn't do, but I also, I'm not an expert in English or history. So I just didn't feel prepared for it. Um, and so then I was like, you know, having one of those like low days in at Starbucks and my friend who I've known from church for a long time came in and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I, I don't know if I want to work here. I don't want to do We just bought a house in, in this area. And so he's like, well, my school's going to have an opening in math. Why don't you apply at the high school? So like I waited for the opening and I applied and moved to high school for four years and um, and then after like COVID almost broke me, I get more into it uh, when we get there. But I, I was like, I needed to change. And um, over the like several years, I kept asking all these questions, like, why is this happening this way? Why does this work? Like what I just, all those why questions I didn't understand as a teacher, like why I was being asked to do like the 20 million things they ask us to do. And so can you, can you um, give us, what are some of the examples of the 20 million things that were bugging you? Oh my gosh. So, um, like why, like all the behavior management of kids and not just, like <laughs> the, not just like attending SST meetings, but then it's like, like having to deal with students in the classroom who just couldn't do, you know, they needed a lot of extra care and support that I couldn't give them. And I had to deal with that while teaching the 30 in my classroom or 35 in my classroom, depending on the year. And the period, um, subbing for other teachers because we didn't have enough subs. And so then my prep periods are gone. Um, having to attend a million meetings and then being, because I'm a like go-getter, like I do everything a thousand percent and I want to be involved. So then I was like, those, this, me and like three other teachers were the ones that were every single meeting to try to mm-hmm. help system-wide things happen at the school because I was sick of what was happening. And I wanted to see the changes. So I was like, well, if I help with this, then I can help make this happen for the kids. And so then, you know, I got, I just got burnt out. Just, there's mm-hmm. even more people to step up and, you know, I couldn't, you can't create change when it's just you and a few people, like you need to have a whole buy-in from staff. And I refuse to be an administrator because I don't want to do supervision duties and all the other things that they have to do. So, you know. So what did, so what, so what happened then? How did you? You must have discussed this um, with your husband and 
Yeah. So there are other reasons what that was going on. So like, not only like, do you teach during the day and work from your, from bell to bell and before and after school and your lunches with kids in your classroom all time, because I'm that teacher that like connects with kids, but I also then have to lesson plan and grade on top of all of that outside of my school day, because you don't have time in your school day to actually sit down and focus. So even when I was like, I'm going to use my prep period effectively and I'm not going to go out and socialize since I'm super social and it's hard for me to like not see someone have a conversation like high and by isn't enough for me a lot of times and people know that about me so then like I become the one they vent to and they talk to because it helps them and it helps me and I like it so I never can get anything planned or graded completely during my preps. So I just you know there I, I'll start something but then I got to finish it when I get home and having three kids, like my husband was sick of seeing me, you know, stressed out at night trying to get grading done. And like, he's like, I'm going to go to bed now. Bye. And I'm like, Oh, I still have two more classes of great quizzes. I have to grade for tomorrow. Or like, Oh my gosh, my lesson for tomorrow is not fully planned. I have to, like, I need to make, you know, make this ditto or this worksheet. So I can then go make copies in the morning before school starts. And so you know, he, I was, he was just sick of me seeing me frustrated. And then like, my kids are like, Oh, you have to grade. You can't do X, Y, or Z with me play basketball outside. Or I have three very, very active boys and they're all like mama boys. And I love them to pieces. And I just had this like huge guilt of I can't be fully mom and do my job to a satisfaction where I feel comfortable and confident in the classroom. And so all of that over the years kind of led up and built up. And then um, being the person networking with everybody and talking and asking questions to people in different positions, when this, um, I'm the middle school math curriculum specialist, and when that job opened up, the teacher in that spot had to leave because as a teacher on special assignment, you can only do six years. And so I applied for the position and I actually applied for the high school and middle school because I had experience in both and I got chosen for the middle school position. And my husband said in the last, I really, my contract, technically I started working July 12th. So it's been just about a month. And he said he can physically see the changes in the positive way of how much happier I am. He can see how much I'm able to do more and wants to do more with the kids. He can see that I just am not stressed. I'm going to bed at a better time. And he knows like I'm working really, really hard. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do for my job, but I don't have the extra stuff. And he's, he's very happy and thankful that I'm not in the classroom. You probably look younger too. <laughs> see, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't, I, I can't relate to anything you're saying. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh my God, that could be my house. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Like I have the biggest guilt for leaving the classroom because when I say that, I feel like I'm telling people like, ha ha, I don't have to do this or that, but that's not my intent. Like I physically was like, I gained a ton of weight last year. I've always struggled with my weight and I like I physically had problems because I wasn't being active enough because I didn't have the time because when you've got a full-time job and all the grading and stuff, and you have kids that want your attention and you got a husband, you got all these things, there wasn't time to take care of me sometimes. And when I did, I sacrificed something else. And I think yeah. there's a, there's a lot of people I'm sure who are listening to you and going, Oh my God, that's my life. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. But you know, and it's, and it's just like, I think it's just like any, um, any job, everybody has their niche. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for some people, they're better at time management there. And, you know, listening to everything you say is I I can relate to a lot of that with it's an one thing about teaching. It's a never ending job. It does not end when the bell rings. That does not mean your day is over. Um, I, cause for myself, I bring stuff home and I'll come home from work and I'll work like you were saying, grading papers, making lesson plans. I write all my own curriculum, you know, um, there's nothing that's pre-made that I use and that'll be, have me up till midnight. And then I get up at five in the morning and get ready for school. And, you know, you know, the other thing that, that I just want to add there, like the emotional toll of the mm-hmm. students and then it takes you a while to get rid of it at, at the end of the school year right it takes you a while to like wash all that stuff off of you in middle school and high school like big things in life happen and you have to emotionally you know be strong for yourself but like not take it home and try and like you know how do I you know if I stay late to help with this kid then I'm putting my kids on hold and that's the struggle that I had a lot as a mom is if I'm really focusing on this phone call for this parent, but my child is sitting there waiting for my attention, like I'm like, who do I choose? Like the being torn back and forth for sure. And then I was gonna say, Anne, like you're making your curriculum. I've taught mm-hmm. 14 years, and I've taught the same never, subject over neither, and over again. Never. I still have to make new every day. Every I've never taught the same thing twice. No, me neither. I can't. Yeah. I don't understand how how a teacher can have. Uh, they might have subjects that they teach but you don't know who's walking into your classroom every year and what level they're at or anything like that. Maybe what interests they have. And I don't know how people can just pull the worksheets out or, you know, go to the same pages every year. Um, and not only that kids change, kids aren't the same there. Totally I've been teaching 35 yeah. years and the kind of kids I had 35 years ago are way different Man, than the kinds of kids yeah. that are walking in the door now. So if you're not a teacher who can adapt and change and you don't belong in this business. There are so many reasons why teachers leave the profession. And on average, I think um, on years that aren't COVID, the average number of teachers that leave the classroom about 8% a year leave the classroom. But um, of the of those, this is this is a, the statistic that always kills me. 40 per, mm-hmm. 44% of teachers leave That's within the so first much. five years of their of being in their profession. So isn't that crazy? It's like it's like you yeah, half like half of your training, people that go through training, half of the half of them do not even use it for more than five yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And had to take out loans for it. Eee. Yes, I met this girl and she's at, at uh, oh, my kid was getting his senior portraits and, and uh, I'm like, oh, so you know how you've been doing this and conversation, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, I think I want to be a school counselor now. And I'm like, oh, really? Have you worked in schools? No. Oh, well, have you worked with kids? Well, I've done some tutoring. And I'm like, oh, well, before you spend all that money on your graduate school, get in contact with a school and go do some volunteer work and get in and see what it's like to work with those kids because 
you don't want to spend all that money. This is your second graduate degree. You don't want to spend all that time and money on another degree if you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. So take a moment and go do some time with these people because they're, they're not the same on campus as they are one-on-one tutoring because I've done that too. <laughs> oh my same. gosh. That's what we were just told. Prepare for 38 per class. <laughs> Yeah, that was in our meeting 30. yesterday. 30.2, that's our contract. 38. Are you serious? So I, so my classroom, my new classroom has 45 seats. I'm like- I know, we're coming back from COVID and we're gonna be more packed than ever. What's social distancing? What, huh? What? That's not even required. Right? Oh God, it's crazy. So- you know, so like I, that, a lot of that, what, like what Sharon was just saying, has to do with be, the teacher preparation program. They need to take out the word preparation out of uh, that title. <laughs> they just don't do an adequate uh, job of preparing people. Right. And that if you're yeah. really interested in being a teacher from the day you enroll in college in the, in the credentialing program, they put you in a classroom and you're observing right. and you're working and you work your way through it because then... Before you Me. maybe declare your major or you Jump or you shit. graduate with yeah. your credential, you can change majors when you find out, oh, this this is not for me. Have you guys done a lot of research about in other countries about what their teacher prep looks like or what their teacher life looks like? Finland. Tell them about Finland. Okay. In my master, wait, in my master's program, like I, I think I don't know if it was Finland or it was Japan, but like they they, they they literally tells teachers like you think they're going to be teachers you don't are you are not going to make a good teacher you cannot be a teacher like they don't let anyone go through a program and become a teacher like if you don't have what it takes like they tell you before you even get in and then in I want to say it's in Singapore you might want to fact check me but they like they only teach so many periods and part of their day they collaborate with other teachers and they're doing their own work. And it's not like they teach, like we, I, you know, we have five periods. I sold my prep last year because I'm insane. And so mm -hmm. I had six periods a day. So that's, you know, times 30 something students. Like that's a lot of kids. And then you have all your grading and all your lesson planning after that time might be why I had panic attacks last year. But, um, they, that's part of their day. They do collaborative work together All day. and studies and stuff together. And then they teach like two or three sections. They don't teach a full day and then have, yeah, it's like you teach the morning and then you have your afternoon. And then I, it was Finland, I think, where like they take a part of like their, uh, once the kids hit a certain age and they actually go and do something else besides school and then they come back. So they get that break. Fact check me on that. But, um, you know, they, they'd not, it's, it's a whole different culture and different yeah. world out there for teacher prep and for like what the teacher life looks like. And then I think too, like part of it is just, you know, I, it sounds like I'm, I'm complaining a lot because it is really frustrating. There's so many good pieces to being a teacher and that's why we, why we do it. Why, and how many years now you've been teaching? 35. Like, the teacher tingles. I tell my students like, Oh, just to see them learn and to see that growth and be like, knowing that I was able to create change for a student because of how I designed my lesson. Yeah. I think it's huge. And if you have a good support, like why teachers don't leave, like you have the good support system, you have good collaboration with your colleagues, your PLCs are good. 
professional learning communities, like you worked, if you have a good team at school, like it was really hard for me to actually leave the classroom because of that. Cause I had that good work grouping together um, of teachers. Based and on what you're, what you're saying, Carolyn, that is exactly why I'm still at the school I'm at. Yes. Um, it's the, uh, the school I'm at is the only school I've ever taught at. I've never, this, I've never changed schools. I've never gone anywhere else. And it's uh, for some reason, um, our school has always had such a good sense of family among the staff, no matter yeah. who the administration was or what teachers have come and gone. And mm -hmm. even substitute teachers will come to our school because they just love the, the atmosphere there. And there was so much help when I first started teaching. I had other teachers would come into my room and check on me and ask me if I needed help. They would give me yep. lessons. Yeah. But you know, you're talking about how stressful it is and the, mm -hmm. the mental health issue. And so there was a, a 2017 educator quality of work life survey. And it said that Teachers are facing like poor mental health issues at you know twice the rate of the general workforce. In fact, they the um, study showed that 21% of teachers reported experiencing poor mental health upwards of 11 days per month. And there was uh, you know so that it tells you right there that it is a stressful. <laughs> Sharon's raising her hand. <laughs> yeah. Are you hitting oh the first God. day? The first day that I was able to call my boss, I got just like a cold, but I was sick, not last week before. And I just told my boss, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to stay home and take the day off. Okay, bye. I'll see you tomorrow. Mm. If you feel better, let me know how you're going. No sub plans. Oh my gosh. It was the first time I didn't have to do sub plans. Like you feel horrible. You're sick. You need to be sleeping and you got to write sub plans still. Yeah. Just go to work sick, you know? Yeah. You can't do that anymore. I, you know what, though? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Yo, you can't what, do that anymore. It's not going to happen this year. No. It better it, not happen. Oh, in our district, too, we are down. Like We have less than half the subs. That's a problem do. we have, too. There are not enough substitutes. And there's not enough good substitutes. Oh, my gosh. That's another whole episode. What the hell's wrong with these subs? So, you know what? That, that should be part of the teacher prep program, too. They should, have the, mm -hmm. if you are work going yes. through the program, you should be a sub. That should be mandatory. Then you should get paid. Yeah. Then you should be able to pay for it. Yeah. Even like I've, I've seen or heard like internship programs where like you still like you're working and you're getting paid for it, but it's such a low pay. Like I know someone that is, has gone through that program. And then the percentage rate of those teachers who are interns, because they're full-time teaching in the classroom and getting their credential at the same time. Like, I would love to see what the data says. I haven't actually done like my own research on it, but from who I've talked to and I've seen over the years, a lot of times those teachers don't either finish the year out or they don't stay within that first five years. Because how can you teach when you haven't been taught how to teach yet? They just like throw you, throw you to the wolves and hope you succeed. So bad. So and bad. And they have support, but like, if you haven't seen someone else teach, then like, what do you, you know, it's, it's just super hard. They've got to do a better, they've got to do a better job of weeding out. Like you were saying, Carolyn, the, those who should not even be in the program in the first place, you know, and then I think if you, that there is a definite teacher sh shortage of people who are enrolling in, um, in the mm -hmm. actual preparation programs. So if they really want to get people in, they might have to start doing something like, 
waiving their um, stu their student loans after so many years. If you stay in the classroom yes. this many years, then you could give Krispy Kreme donuts like they do for the COVID vaccine. Oh my Come god! On, no. Right, join our program. Go get a free donut. I don't think that's going to keep me in a classroom for very long. <laughs> So let me ask you this then. One of, one of the big things you'll always hear about why uh, teachers quit is the pay. Like they feel like the pay is not enough for all the work they do. Um, in fact, 20 teachers in general make about 20% mm -hmm. less than other college graduates with the same degree over, you know, when you compare them apples to apples and for the amount of master's degree okay. to master's degree. I, I want to say something about that. Like we have been coming up, right? But you know, in 2010, we have not even hit what our salary was nope. in 2010. So 10 years later, when that crash happened, we still haven't caught up. We're still not making the same. So the average adjusted for inflation, the average salary in 2010 was 63,000. Yeah, and bad. the average salary right now is 60,000. <laughs> And it's, 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 I mean, I know it's, it's like, oh, it's only $3,000 a year. Yeah, but that's like. Is that nationwide or statewide? No, this is nation. Okay. Yeah. In general. Nation. Nation. Oh I know California pays more because, you know, because our houses are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you could buy a thousand square foot house for a million bucks. I, you know what, there is a really cool um, website called USA Facts, and they have, um, you can look up education information on there, and they have pretty current information, and I thought this was so weird. I was looking at the average salary for a teacher in 1960. Do you know what it was? It was $4,995 a year. What? And yeah. Yeah. What's but, but if you, today? if you were to say, what is $4,000? What is that price in current time? It's um, in 19 in adjusted for inflation today, it would be 42,000 a year. So, I so mean, we have come that far. It's interesting though, isn't it? Isn't that crazy mm -hmm. when you think about wow. that? So yes, yeah, so we haven't come far at all. Cause that's about what starting salary is, right? Yeah. I was say, that's the, yeah. 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 So and interesting, I was thinking about like, I, so I, in this area, I was at one school district and teachers kept leaving that district and going to another one. And I kept asking them like, why are people leaving? And it's like, it's a town. It's not very, like, it has like a bad connotation to it. So I was like, why are they going over there? What, like, what is it about going from here to there? Like, I didn't understand it. So fast forward, like I was there for six years, bought a house in that town got and then I was like I'm going to work where I live closer looked at the salary and I was like $11,000 sign-on bonus because <laughs> I teach math and like with my master's I make probably like 10,000 more just because of being in that district and then as I was there like my first year I was a new teacher to the district and they have new teacher support they have my position now to the curriculum specialist, one middle one for high school. They do a lot of acknowledgements. And I told someone within the first year, I have never felt more appreciated, more valued, and like better nice. supported ever than being in that in this new district. Right. And then here I am, year five in the district, at this curriculum specialist position where my job is to support, make the teachers feel valued and help them with whatever they need to do you know and 
that, that, that there's another statistic here that I was when I was looking up to see like why teachers quit. It was really interesting. I came across an article from the New York Times written in 1986 about why teachers quit. And this is what the article says. This is a quote from the article. They want a professional salary, professional prestige, and professional autonomy. In other words, a voice in the decision-making process and that affects students' intellectual and emotional mm -hmm. development. Hmm. Has anything changed? <laughs> Don't we still want those same things? That's 1986, you know? Carolyn, I'm gonna jump back into what you were saying about working in a district that was less, seemingly less desirable than other districts. And mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of teachers that go into tough schools and, and end up quitting, right? For example, teaching in high poverty areas, like a Title I school, there's nearly 40% higher um, turnover than in non-Title I schools. Yeah, and that's with admin too, correct? Um, I think so too, but you know, and in, in schools yeah. where more than half of the students are of color, the turnover is 70% higher Damn. than those where 10% or fewer of the students wow. are students of color. Okay, so I know what I, I know what I was gonna say. I know what I was gonna say. Like I was gonna say we need more like like having a voice in what happens to students and all of those things, we need more adults because otherwise you end up being those three teachers on campus who are on all of those committees because yep. there's only a small percentage of people that are like, you know, there's only a small amount of people that are like, Oh yeah, I wanna do that, I wanna do that, I wanna do that. But like like there's not enough people. If there were more people on campus. You know, I, I mean, I just think that I would get an answer <laughs> better. I, I, I don't, yeah, like, like, I mean, I look at the guy, the admin who's like in charge of our group and I ran into him on campus. We'd never met in person because last year was all online and I've seen him on camera and I saw him in person and I was like, dude, man, he looks so beat up and so worn out. And I'm like, he, he's got a really hard job and there's not enough of him to go around because I know I have texted him multiple times and it has been weeks before I've gotten an answer. And it's like, it's like, I, and I look at him and I'm like, I feel for you. Like, I feel bad for you. you there's not enough adults to do the work. When you're talking about adults, are you, are, we need are you talking about everywhere. adults in admin or teachers or just like custodians everywhere. and that kind of thing? I'm talking you, everywhere. You need more personnel in general. I'm talking everywhere. Yeah, we, we do. We need more admin. We need more teachers. We need more. I was thinking about it too. Like, like, can you imagine if you like had an administrative assistant for each department? Like what if each department had an administrative assistant? Oh, you know what? I need like these letters to go home. Oh, I need like these copies run off. And there was just someone who did all of that? Oh, I need this like posted on the website. Oh, I need this like, you know. That costs money, Sharon. They would have a full-time job. They'd have a full-time job supporting a like one school, like one department, all the things. That's the other thing, like that's part of what led me to having all of my breakdown, like my pan I've never had a panic attack till COVID last year. And I literally called a couple of friends who like have known me for a long time now. 
in tears gasping for air because I was like, I can't do this. I can't do everything they're asking me to do. I can't make my lessons digital because I'm not a PowerPoint teacher. I can't figure out how to do all these other things I have to do. And by the way, if a kid doesn't show up, I've got to put them in this like hall log that I can't even find in my drive of like 20,000 things that have been <laughs> shared with me. And then I have to make the phone calls to the parents. And then I have mm-hmm. to document that I did this and that's in case the parent calls because they're upset because we didn't call up for their kid. I have to have documentation for all these things. And I was like, and by the way, like my kids are in the, I'm in the garage and my kids are in my house by themselves, unsupervised, who are trying to do their fifth grade, fourth grade work on a computer and they're together. And like, it was, you know, my mother-in-law, I'm thankful for family. It takes the village. My mother-in-law lived with us from like September to Christmas and helped me she worked the graveyard shift she was you know so she would work at night and she would wake up in the morning or be up in the morning help get them started knew when they're supposed to be on because I'm teaching while they're supposed to be getting in their zoom meetings and my boys are really really good and like you know they're conscientious and they want to do well and like they they're responsible but they're also 10 year old boys and they need they need to be separated they need to have all those things and so she really got me through that first like chunk of time and then in the spring <clears throat> my dad was with us like when we went back to hybrids to help be my children's chauffeur so they could go to school and I could work in the classroom otherwise I'd take a whole leave of absence and not get paid at all and it, I mean so like if it was for my parent my dad and then my mother-in-law like I wouldn't have been caught to last year but all those things like how do you do it all like I, it was like I've never had that much like anxiety before but you know I think it's, it built it builds up and right. like because it, it's not just teaching right the there's duty is and there's after school obligations like you have to go to no. meetings and all yes. of that stuff and that yes. takes away time especially like right now I feel like I'm already meeting out and school hasn't even started so you guys are going to have so many meetings Dude, Anna, Anna and I ditched a meeting today. We were supposed to be at a meeting from 12 to 3, and we did we were not busy. We were bu- I was like, we have so much to do. Oh, like, yeah. Shame on you. Right, right before school starts, we're going to have this, like, retreat. Like, oh, we talked ourselves out of it. <laughs> Let's talk for a minute to to the um, to the person who's listening out there who's thinking about going into teaching because right now they're probably going ah! running scared the other direction right they're like hell no, I know. Um, no we the no, four of us so have funny. we have just like created a teacher shortage just by talking right now but um, <laughs> so, sorry what should somebody know then um, going into it with their eyes open. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to be a teacher? Um, what, what should they go in thinking or knowing about? Shoot, I don't have kids. And I would say, don't try on doing too many things at one time. Don't try, you know, having your first kid, you know, in your first like couple years of teaching. Don't try, you know what I mean? Don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, don't reinvent the wheel, man. There's so yeah. much, there's so much other stuff. You don't have to make up anything. I know Anne does. No, I don't. I but, do a lot of Google searches and put stuff together. Yeah, I don't invent a lot of yeah, stuff. Don't, don't make, don't make up stuff. 
that's the best advice that Jen, Jen just gave is don't do to my professors. I'm like when you're first year teaching, do not do any extra committees. Yes. Do not do any extra duties. The power do of no. Except for focus in your classroom. Yes. You don't have to be on yeah. every committee because you're going to be, you're going to feel obligated to say yes because you're new, right? And you're going to wear, yeah, your, wear yourself don't. so freaking thin, you're going to get, you're going to have burnout and you're going to be one of those statistics that are like, I'm done. Got to go. I also, yeah. I also think, yeah, don't do that. I also think that going into your credentialing program, just keep in mind that that is nothing like going and having your own class. Your even student teaching, time. even student teaching is not the same. It's not enough. And um, just know that you have to be kind to yourself that first year. Things aren't going to go exactly like you want. You're going to have days. I used to cry every morning before school started. My first day, my first year of school, you know, and I used to take everything that the kids did as my fault instead of realizing, no, they're just assholes. That's how it is. That, that, you know, that's, that's not had nothing on me, you know. They can smell the fresh blood. Yeah, like sharks, exactly circling. So just be kind to yourself and know that it's a learning curve, you know, and it it's a long, slow learning curve. And I would say before you go to any school that you're going to get a job at, go spend a couple of days on campus, Mm -hmm. see what the climate's like, talk to the teachers there, notice how they treat each other. Um, Look at how the classroom discipline's going. Stay some, mm-hmm. spend some time in the school's office, see what comes in and goes out. Um, and I would go to a several schools and, and do that before I even made, you know, applied in dis- uh, school districts. Um, so I, the reason I knew what school I wanted to go to is I subbed a lot in different school districts. And when I found, um, when I started subbing at the school that I'm currently at and have only been at, I was like, this is it. I want to be here. So mm-hmm. uh, just know that. You need to do your research before you jump in. Don't yeah. just take something because it's the first thing offered. You read my mind. I was going to say, like, don't just take a job because it's a job. Like, it's really important to know what the job is going to be like. And you could say yes, because it's the first one that offers to you. And then what happened to me when I was at that one school for like a year, the district I'm at now was too slow to get back to me and the other school sounded good and the principal sounded good and I heard good things but someone told me like you're not going to be happy having to do core and math like I know you enough and I didn't listen to her and I was like I talked to her later and I was like I should have listened and like it I, it's a great school I like I'm like it's it's great but had I waited until the school district I wanted to get into had contacted me, I wouldn't have had that experience. And so, you know, just making sure that, and then also networking with people as soon as you get your position and don't be afraid to ask a million questions in my new role right now. Like I'm asking so many questions and like try, you know, I'm not looking ignorant. I'm looking like a learner. And I'm even with the teachers I'm getting to know right now, like I might be re- repeating what the person did before as far as talking to them, but I'm a new person and I need to know who they are so I know how to help them. And so really right. like networking with teachers and asking asking for this support. Hey, I need help with this. Who can I go to? Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. building that, makes that, me think, we, that makes me think too um, about, ad- about administrators listening. It would be really nice if you had staff members 
that were willing to be contacts for your new teachers so that they knew, like the new teacher knew that you can go to this person and they're not going to get, you know, tired of you uh, asking them questions. Yeah, we put that in one of our, we put that in one of our uh, podcasts. <laughs> I don't remember which one. And maybe it's a person per department. Some Somebody, if you could set that up and just really let your new teachers know that they're supported um, because it's, it's hard. It's your first year of teaching will be hard. Just know that. And, and that's okay. And then like, look up, if you are even thinking about it, look up the roller coaster for teachers emotions for, and it, uh, it applies to every year for me teaching, not just new teachers, but look up the roller coaster of emotions because it is so true. Yeah, it's so true. And so like, it's okay if you're ready to like, you know, having a panic attack and it's not, it's November, like that's <laughs> normal. You're on the downward trends. Like, I mean, it's not about panic attack, but it's normal to be, you know, freaking out a little bit and like burned out a little. Um, our district does again, like not feeling, like feeling more supported here than anywhere else. Like we have instructional coaches at every site and part of the instructional coaches job is to support new teachers. So that's the position I had a couple of years ago before COVID that year, 19 to 20. And so we had a new teacher support group that met monthly and we were, the, I want to do that. We were the, it was, that's mm-hmm. why I'm in this job right now, because I love supporting teachers and then at our, and we also have two teachers on special assignment. That's their job. They're the new teacher TOSAs and they help with credentialing. They help answer all those questions, but like they organize us as the TOSAs of each sub, every subject to support it was our sure, teachers. It would sure save a lot of time having to hire a teacher in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, if somebody decides to quit in the middle yep. and then you're out of, out of luck there. Um, so what else would you say uh, that a new teacher needs to know about? Let's say it's their first days in the classroom. What are some things that um, they need to think about dress the part. And then I honestly, like, as it, and, and in the first day with my students, I tell them like, Hey guys, I had math anxiety and I also can't do mental math. I've always struggled with that. So I think like being real with them in the beginning and then saying, but here's where we're at and what I expect, like having those clear expectations right off the bat, but then also being human and that you're also a learner with them, I think does. Find yeah. It's okay. Back. It's okay to say, you don't yes. know, let's look it up. Yes. You know what I mean? Great question. Let's get, let's look it up together. Or what do y'all think? Yeah. You're like, you know, looking like you are the expert, but you're not the know-it-all because you don't know everything. And there might be, you know, you never know who your parents are in the classroom, what they do. And so, you know, networking, even with them to support whatever. But I remember my first year teaching with that hard group of, of students, I went into the admin office in tears because I had a couple of kids who kept walking around and like, I couldn't teach because there was just so much disrespect happening. And I actually had, and this was my admin's um, advice, I stopped teaching my subject so I could teach about respect and expectations. And we did a class contract and we did all of that teacher management stuff that you learn in the, in, I mean, it, it is in school, but you know, I just, I, I stopped teaching my math content so I could teach them how to be respectful yeah. of what I needed in the classroom. It's and the year together. was so much better with that class afterwards. And, but I had, I had a uh, admin that was supportive of that and they came in the classroom and watched me 
give this talk and this lesson, but didn't say a word. And so they didn't take the authority away from me, but the students knew that that admin was there to support me. And I said, and if we have a problem, then so-and-so is right here and they're going to help you out with it. And, you know, we'll be, we're, we're going to work together and it made all the difference in the world. So I always tell teachers, like, don't be afraid to stop. If it's not going well, like stop the lesson, do what you have to do to manage the class and the behaviors and then go back into your lesson when you can, you know, my next day. That makes me think to Carolyn about the relationship you have with your administration, that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be adversarial. It shouldn't be us against them. You're all on the same team. And I've always found it helpful if I struggled to go to my administrator and say, look, I'm really having trouble with, with this particular um, event or this particular kid or this particular piece of discipline. I need some advice. Can you come in and watch my class? And then can we have, you know, talk about it? And if you have a good administrator, they're not going to judge you on that. I think they would judge you more harshly if you don't ask for help. And then the, then the comments come in from parents or other things happen. So don't, you should be, um, you should be very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you should go ahead and, and ask administrators for help. You know, that's what they're there for. Or ask another teacher to come in and, and watch your class. Somebody who's a little bit more, more seasoned with it. Didn't you um, talk about that in one of your podcasts about having? Oh, we've talked about a lot of it. Like I said, this yeah. is a revisit. This is two oh, yeah. No, but um, it's a different one. But um, hey, how about what? Another reason besides twenty-one percent of the this is during COVID. I, there was a whole you know people were like, oh, teachers are quitting in droves. Actually, there wasn't as many teachers that quit as they thought, but there were a lot who quit, and twenty-one percent of the ones that quit for COVID were it was for stress. Um, and then of course the others said like 17% were because they had to stay home and take care of a family member, um, or take care of kids. Um, a lot of teachers weren't good with technology and dealing with the, um, remote instruction was really, really hard for them. So you have to be prepared, uh, for challenges and be able to, you know, drop what you're doing and change on a dime. I mean, it really does. I, I like to say like in the big picture, and, and this, this may get me in trouble, but in the big, in the big picture with teaching, I don't feel like curriculum is number one. I think that the development of the human is really what number one should be. And if you, if you forget that part and you just are like driving through your curriculum and not noticing how kids are in your classroom, that's when you're going to run into issues, you know? So um, it's important to, to stay, to stay focused that on the kids and not your curriculum as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the new math framework we have, and it's not that new, but there's the mathematical practices and a lot of those really like, I was, I did a whole research on social emotional learning and math and you can find like, there's a really good article that um, I was looking at and if you're using those practices and you're having your students working, collaborating together and really like having this group dynamic and learning environment in your classroom, you're meeting the needs of this social emotional learning aspect of whatever content you're teaching. And I know that like, I always told my students, like I teach you and I'm here because I want to work with you as, as people, because I care about your success. I use math because that's the content I could actually get my credential in that I can teach. And as I know I've always liked math because you have like, you know, the answer is right. 
or it's not right until I got to higher math. And then it's all about the process and not That's exactly why I don't like math. It could be this way, it could be that way. About, you know, so like, I felt like math is more like finite and like right or wrong versus like, it could be this way or some perspective like history, like forget it. Like I, I hated teaching a one year taught history because it was like, some historians <laughs> believe this, others believe that. And like, I couldn't even like, yeah. But um, I really, you know, you have to care about your kids and you're teaching kids and your content area, like it's important, but if you don't teach kids and they don't, you don't have their respect and you don't treat them like they're human beings who are there to learn and they have to be there. Like you're a team. It's not you against the kids. It's the parents have to be part of your team and not bad mouth you and not be like, Oh, your teacher said this, but whatever, I don't care. And like, you know, you have to talk well as parents, like we have to talk up our teachers to our students and that doesn't always happen. And, you know, again, part of why teachers quit parent parental pressure sometimes. That's true. Um, Another reason we talked about briefly was, was pay. And the fact that teachers don't seem to get paid as much as uh, other similarly qualified people. But um, Jen, what was you know what you were talking about some things today that would be good advice for people who are just starting teaching and have loans and what were you were oh, yeah. talking to me about this at lunch today oh um i was saying that there's this so i've recently been like meeting with my financial advisor and we were you know just talking about things and i was bitching one day about my student loans and he was like man you know uh I was just, you know, kind of going over what my loan situation looked like. And he's like, man, I really wish I would have known you when you uh, started taking out your loans. Cause my advice to you would have been go for it, take out all those loans. Okay. And, you know, take classes, whatever, keep getting the loans, keep pushing them back as long as you can. And he goes, and when you go to initially take out your loans, open up uh, and I've got to go and fact check myself here. I forget what this type of account is called, but basically you put a little bit of money in there each month, a hundred bucks. And this, these, this account, you know, by the time you're, you're done with college and you have to start paying back your loans, you'll have enough money put away that you could just boop, pay off your loans in a lump sum because the, the loans will, you know, the money that you're putting accrues interest and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he said, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you could do it, but he's like, you know, yeah, that's what, that's my advice. That's what I'm going to have my kids do. Hell yeah. Take out all those loans. Okay. But then at the same time, you're going to start, you know, and, you know, like an investment account, basically. So when your loans are, when you're done with school and it's time to go repay that loan, you'll already have all that money saved up and you can pay it off on a lump sum. He's like, I don't know why people don't do that. Wow. I'm all, no because people knows. don't know to do that. I didn't know. Well, because I they don't have the money. That. Why else would you take out the, the loan? Well, no, he, the loan? small payments each month, okay. you know, like a hundred bucks that, a month. Most like, you're not going to make any money that up there. putting it into a uh, checking account or a savings account or even a, a CD. No, uh-uh, no, not that type of account. No, it's a, a regular investment yeah, account. You have to do it. What you're yeah, it's an investment account. Like a, yeah. like a, yeah, start like something a, like that, uh, like a, a mutual fund or something. Now, I, I also want to say a couple of let's, you know, perks about teaching. And so 
the money you make, I, I think a lot of it is relative where you live, you know, depending on the part of the country you live in. So some places you make less because the cost of living is less. Some places you make more because the cost of living, you make more. California happens to be one of the states that pays teachers on average higher than the rest of the country. But cost of living here is, is really expensive. So it's not a bad living considering um, now if you just think, take into mind, not all the extra work, but if you talk about days worked, you're really getting paid for 184 days of work. Now, something you need to, that a lot of people don't realize is that all of those holidays and summers and things are not paid. Those, those are not paid holidays for teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get that those days off, but it's not like we're being compensated for anything. We only get paid for the 184 days a year that we work. Um, the other thing that so it's not really that bad a salary if you think about it like if you were to take that salary and divide it by 40 hour weeks and then make it over 52 weeks and you know you can see what it would be like if you if we had all of those days uh that we were getting paid for although we'd all be insane and by that time we need we need the days off as you heard carolyn say it's not easy it's not like it's an eight hour day and anybody who thinks that you're stupid but um (laughs) no 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 no. the the other thing but they're fucking stupid (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought you were very nice to say they're ignorant or something. They're yes, like un- unknowledgeable. I forgot it was Sharon talking. So yeah, I should say it like it is. Yeah. But the other thing that's really good about teaching, if you stick with it, is your retirement. You know, and that is a there, are, uh, at least in California, I don't know how it is elsewhere, but in California, we have a really nice pension program provided. It keeps funding itself properly. Um, that will, you know, that you can look forward to having a nice, uh, nice little chunk of change coming your way. Um, although I would suggest that you open up other retirement accounts and contribute to those as you're working because it won't be enough. Um, but it's definitely way more than you're going to get at most other jobs. Yeah, that sucks. The other, that thing, other jobs should have those. I mean, they do have some programs like that, but like not, not like but a other pension. Jobs have like stock right. options and like I know my mom's job has this huge like stock options and bonuses every you know two or three times a year and so you know just it depends on the job the biggest mistake I made my first year was I got a school's first account and they're like oh you can take like all your money in your 10 months because you only get paid for 10 months of working and then put money into your summer savers account and then by the time like you so you're not paying as much in they, they try to tell me, like, convince me, like, I'm not, the state, the feds won't keep the interest, you'll get right. the interest, or something like that, so I bought into it, and then, like, I was so broke, that's, and it was also when I got married, so I had all these extra expenses, because I was wedding planning, but, like, I had hardly yeah. anything to get me through the <laughs> summer, and so from then on, I was like, nope, 12 months, like, let's do that deferred payment, so that I only get, I get full paychecks, every single oh, month see, I do and, the, you know that's how we get yeah. paid I do it the other way I do the 10 yeah. months and I divide it up and I make sure and I put extra in so there's extra yeah, at the no. end so those last so those it depends on your savings yeah. habits either yeah. you're you know yeah, you're a good saver or not if I see so, the money there then it's there to be spent I can spend, I can buy it on you know this extra thing or so I mean that's now. a that's a cool perk too. I mean, there are, there are credit unions that are just set up for teachers and really yeah. cater to your needs. So look for those kinds of things too. I mean, that's a, that's a nice thing to have. Plus one thing that you should never take advantage of or not take advantage of is the wonderful healthcare benefits um, that most it, of us have, you know, I, 
you know, my, we pay, we're really lucky in our we're district because like like, like we only pay like in our state, you guys, we're like, like we are the, like the best in our state. I don't state. know. I want to compare yours to mine. I, I, I feel, are we, we just now, too, though, so. we just started for the first time in the last couple of years, having to pay anything for our benefits. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's it. So it's only 75 bucks a month right now that we're contributing and towards that's our for benefits. My whole thing. But right. before what that, it was a second person. Is that as alcohol? No, that's, that's just everybody. That's for my whole family. So for Anne, it's for her. What? For me, it's my whole family. Wow. Yeah. Nope. That's, that's I told you we had the best one like in the state. <laughs> that's amazing. So, Hey, um, new teachers shop your districts, find yes. out what that is too. That's something yeah. that's important. You know, how yes. much of your paycheck is going to go into your health care and your benefits yes, because too. Some, so some find that out. It's like a thousand bucks a month. Yep. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which, which and, yeah, your salary might be about. better and you might get more towards your salary but you're paying in healthcare. And I'm not really sure you'd have to weigh like how that works out when you get, when you finally get your pension, because then yeah. you'd be getting more monthly because you've been paying in more monthly, right? Because your salary has been higher, but then, but like for us in our district, our district will cover our medical until we uh, are 65, 65, 65. Yeah. So, awesome. so whatever yeah. our union negotiates for our medical, if you're retired, you're paying the same. Yeah. So I'm I gotta get all my dental work done before I'm 65 yes. and have all my, have all of my like hip replacement surgeries and cataracts and all mm-hmm. that taken care of. Before <laughs> Another thing I was thinking about that, like what can bring you more success or like help you with it is, um, I took advantage of, there was like, Hey, extra few weeks in the summer with this university go do this thing and they paid you stipends but then there was networking that happened and so there's some people that like I've gotten to know and you could take like you could buy credits to be able to move you over the pay scale so don't wait on that I've been told so many times like the very beginning you want to get as far right as you can as fast as possible because the pay increase every year is bigger and then you bottom out at a higher amount. So people said when you're shopping districts too, to look at the bottom right of your pay scale. To the see steps where and columns. Can, yes. Ask to see the steps and columns. Yes. And of your pay scale. That, that bottom right corner is that sweet spot. And you can compare, like I have a friend that was at one district and then left and went to another one. And then she actually went back to a different one because the bottom, she's in that year of, um, you know, looking to, at the retirement, she's in her fifties and trying to figure out, like she was late to the profession, like second career choice. And she's looking at that bottom out, like, where am I going to be able to retire with the biggest amount of pay? And I was, I, the school district got me for cheap, man. It took me years. I was working probably 20 years before I actually took the time to move over to the last column. So yeah, it was so dumb. So, so, so dumb. So I, I finally did. And, and you don't have to take expensive classes to do it. <laughs> there are ways to get the, the units. So, I mean, don't hesitate. If you're a new teacher, work on that as quickly as you can and get all the way over because your pension's going to be bigger because you're going to have more going into it. You'll have more money to, to, to put into those kinds of things. Don't be an Anne and, and be, be stupid like that and let the district get off cheap on you. You're not, you're worth more than that. So make sure you put that effort in.
I just kind of want to reiterate all of the kinds of things we've talked about today. So the reasons teachers quit, the big reasons are stress. That's the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the workload and the fact that your job does not end at three o'clock and that you will be working on your weekends and, and, and other kinds of, and on other days that are off holidays, et cetera. If you're a good person who knows how to set boundaries, good for you. But most of the people I know who are dedicated teachers don't do that. You know, it's really, really hard to put it down. So stress is the first one. Salary compensation isn't going to be, you're not going to be making millions of dollars doing this. So nobody goes into teaching to get rich. That doesn't happen. You go into teaching because it's a calling. It's something you want to do. It's a, it's a way for you to look at Sharon's look at me like you're in super insane. She's, she's, she's going to give you, she's it is not a calling. It's a job. You think it's a calling. It's going to take over your life. It's a fucking job. Do a good job. And you're fine. Ah, okay. So for Sharon, it's a job for other people. It's a calling because you want to touch the future. I'm trying to be like, you know, romantic about it. Um, uh, so there is no romance. It's education. You know what? I'm like super pleased. I love my job, but it's a job. It was not a calling. It's a job. It was for I me. I it. wanted to be a teacher since I was in a little kid. That was my thing, but you're right. It's hard. Okay. Okay. Not every, if, if you had, if it had to be a calling in, there wouldn't be enough teachers. There's already not enough teachers. <laughs> I thought right. there'd be too many teachers. Oh, cause nobody's Very being nice. called. I get it. All right. Whatever. All right. Another, another, um, reason teachers quit is too much stuff from the admin, too much extra curricular activities. So it's really important to learn to say no, you know, work within your own means until you feel comfortable in, in your position. So don't be afraid to say no. That no. is super important. Yeah, say it Practice a lot and often. Practice no. those ma- muscles no, in your mouth. No. Yeah. Yes. Uh-oh. So, um, and, um, so I think those are the major, major reasons why people quit. Those three. I think it's, you don't understand the workload. You don't, you're not getting compensated for all the hours that you work. And, um, you're not, um, and what was the last one? Oh, administrative duties, that kind of extra stuff is hard. So I just wanted to end really quick, um, with what's, what do you love about teaching? The kids. Oh, oh, I, I love that the kids are like able, like I get to teach about the earth and about how important everything is and so amazing on the earth and that they get it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love the kids too. I love the fact that I can share knowledge with them. I can watch them watch things happen. And it's not even so much sharing knowledge. Sometimes it's, I realize I've made a difference in a kid's life. You never know, right? You don't know. There could have been something you said that completely changed a kid's life and you'll never know. And that's powerful. You know, that's a powerful thing. Well, you'll never know, except for all of you guys that are listening, go write your teacher a letter that made a difference because that is so amazing. I remember I had this kid call, I had this kid call me years later and it was when we had done the gate after school program and we didn't really have enough kids. And this kid was in my class and I'm like, you should come. It'd be cool. You would like it. And so then I like was like, come. And I put him in the advanced class and I put him in the gate, even though it wasn't a real gate 
you know, anyway, anyway, he like was like, that was the turning point of my life. That was it. It changed me. And then he went on to professional, professional career trade training and became a professional massage therapist. And he was like, that was it. That was turning point of my life. I love those. So all of you go call your teachers, write them a letter, do something. It's important. Um, also you can't, you're not going to find a job that where you have a lot of days off, like you do in teaching, you know, there there's, you do have a lot of days off. Maybe, maybe unless you're working on those lesson plans and all that. I know, but, but I'm just saying that, you know, if you want to travel, there are times you can do that. And that's just a perk. I'm not saying that it always works because I feel like I didn't have a summer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then I know a lot of teachers too, like this summer, like I got a ton of extra money because I did all this extra work agreement hours. So a lot of times, like if you do choose to work this summer for different things and there's extra pay that you're able to get. Yeah, which goes into a different part of your retirement and actually adds up quite a bit. If you do extra work, that's beyond your contract. In in our state, in our state, it, it does. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't want to, I mean, teaching's a hard job and, but it's a rewarding job. And the the thing we need most is we need good people. And we, it's not, I hate more than anything. People are who are like, well, if you can't do, you teach. I hate that attitude more than anything, because it's obviously those people have no clue what goes on in a classroom. It it is not, it is not easy. And you don't go into teaching because you think it's easy. Those are the people that quit because they can't handle it. That's right. So all you new teachers out there and you old teachers, we're going to, uh, hopefully you, you got some information this, uh, today that you can use, or and maybe you got a laugh out of it, or maybe you got some frustrations out. You were able to commiserate with a bunch of other teachers who are in on the joke. Um, so if you liked what you heard today, it'd be so awesome if you would rate and review our podcast on whatever listening app you're on, because it really does help people find us. And we need more than, okay, I'm going back to the beginning. We need more than like, um, we need more people there. I'll be, I'll be more positive. We need more listeners. <laughs> more listeners so you, are always better. So spread the word and get us out there. So the more people that like us, the more people that come in, the more people that can find us, because then it helps with us. What are those things called? The SELs, SECs, SC somethings, search optimizing. Oh, SEO, search SEO. engine SOS. optimization. There yes. you go. That, that all yeah, that, we all need that. that too, SOS. Anyways, I want to thank our guest, Carolyn, yeah. for hanging out with us today. It was I so know. awesome to see you. And we appreciate you spreading the word out there. So I hope you had a good time today too. Yeah, it was fun. I feel like whenever I listen to you all talk, like I'm in the car, I'm like, yes, <laughs> like I just, you guys speak the truth. Like, the transparency in teaching, like you're transparent and like, you know, it is, it's a hard, hard, hard job, but it is rewarding. And I'm like, I didn't quit. Like I just left the classroom for a while. Cause I, I <laughs> and so like, like education is in my heart. Like I, I, you know, I have kids, my own children to educate now, but like those connections, I have a student that I got really close to a couple years ago. And like, she's still, she's like, we call, we talk all the time on the phone and she's like, you made a difference in my life. And she wasn't even in my classroom. She was part of a club. Right. I and right. she's just like, you're my mentor forever. 
she's Latina and she's like, I never thought I'd be friends with an old white lady. And I was like, well, old. here we are. Old. Like, <laughs> old. I'm not that old, but stop saying there. old because if it may, if you're talking that you're old girl and I'm like, you know, okay, one foot in the like, grave. She's 18 or she was 17 at that time. So, you know, like that's a big difference yeah. in age, but you know, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult, but it's so rewarding and you know, you gotta, it's just do your homework, yep. do your homework. If yep. you're going to be a teacher, do your homework yep. because this is a job. There is no job in this world. That's more important than an educator. None. True. Everyone else true. in this world depends on good teachers. Yep. And um, eventually that respectful cop, I'm hoping <laughs> that people will respect us and respect the job we do, um, uh, because there would be nothing, nothing in this world would get done without somebody who is doing some teaching somewhere. So love your teachers. Yeah. And, um, on that note, I'm going to say, have a fantastic yes. day, ladies. Yes. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Bye. Thanks for inviting Bye. me. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey, another one in the books. Thank you.